0: This morning's message, the church eyes are open, the church eyes are open. Um, Through Bible study and talking last week, we find out that God has all of us, uh, we are all in darkness, that we are all in darkness, we begin in darkness, born into this world. All of us are born under condemnation. And walking in a sin-filled world with the depravity of sin. But God has a people that through the preparation of affliction. And that he could call out of the world. That they hear his voice and many will be called. But only a few chosen. So those that are called, that hear his voice are not necessarily saved. They may be in the church. They may be part of the church, but not the church. Right. There are a lot of people in the world, there are a lot of people inside the church buildings and call themselves church members, but aren't a part of the chosen church of God. That's a peculiar people, those that he gift, that he enlighten, with the gift of seeing Physically, we talk several times about blind Bartimaeus. We talk about the men that were born blind. And being blind, they say it's one of the most debilitating of all of the handicaps that you could have, you know, because a blind person, especially in those days, was dependent upon someone to do everything for them. Whereas nowadays, this hasn't changed a good bit. And there's training, you know, that you see they train the blind. A lot of them out there are able to leave their homes with a stick, a walking stick, and catch buses and go to work and do certain jobs and cook and live sufficient lives by themselves. You know, they train them and they have their own apartments or whatever and stay. There's a certain amount of sufficiency that's made up, but still the restoration of sight would probably be one of their greatest hopes. Mm -hmm. There are those of us in the world that are at that same disadvantage spiritually because when we died in Adam, we were all blinded. We were all thrown out of the garden and we grope around in darkness And it's only when God starts to call you do you realize your blindness. Now, those that are in the church, I tell you, some of them were part of the church. It's a group that hear God, hear the promises and the things of God, but are not His chosen. They are what you call tares. Mm -hmm. And you say, allow the wheat and tares to grow together. He'll separate them when he comes. Those are the ones that more or less won't have the characteristic or attributes as children of God uh, lacking the characteristics. And we've preached, and I I can't cover the whole scope of all those things that we've preached about because that's one of the things to receiving your sight. Some of the anointing of the eye is obedience. Yes obedience to God, and that's what led to the blinding of man, disobedience to God. So we see those in the world that are blinded by the God of this world, which is Satan. Mm-hmm. Satan deceived the whole world, and he attempts to keep all of them in blinding. But then God gives some with sight the ability to see, and most of it is like the blind man that Jesus healed, we had a progressive healing, a progressive seeing of sight. He says men look like trees and he went about and we see it became clearer. Well that's with us in the church, most of us are enlightened a bit at a time, and we see even Paul was that way. We grow in the grace and knowledge and understanding of Christ into a perfect and mature person, you know. Now with sight spiritually talking about sight from the physical standpoint. Sight, that could be someone with foresight, the ability to see ahead, mm. yes. to uh, the ability to see things ahead, to come to an understanding. In our scripture this morning, it's Isaiah the 56th chapter, the 10th verse, it says, His watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, They are all dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his gain, from his quarter. Come, ye say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink and tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. That's a whole lot packed into those three verses that I couldn't unpack over a lifetime. That, that comes along with the word of God. The reason he says, forsake not the to assembling together of yourselves. The reason preaching is what brings your sight to you. Yes. And we hear that the blind man Bartimaeus heard Jesus was coming. And he started to cry out to him. And we look today what, well, I taught the past week what causes blindness, that physical blindness mirrors spiritual blindness, and that what can we do to receive our sight? How do we become enlightened? of become able to see. And the chapters previously and the sermons previously, starting even at the 55th chapter in the first verse, it says, ho everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters, and he that had no money, come ye buy, eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me; eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself and in incline in fatness. Here we see an invitation from Jesus Christ, and I tell you there was a call from God. Yes. This is a, a effectual. This is a call from God. It may not be effectual, it may not be a call that in effect delivers salvation to all people, but it's a general call from God to a feast, the feast at the table of the Lord. And we see where all are here that all know that Jesus Christ have heard of that. We are commissioned to go out and carry forth that message and declare someone has come, that there's a general invitation to come unto God. Yes. That's why we're commissioned to proclaim the gospel. But my first point here is that there are the poverty stricken out there, those that realize or those that uh, in a condition that hear the gospel preached and they begin to plead with God. They realize that they are poverty stricken. The church, and in that debilitating condition, let me say it like something that they realize that they hadn't had. Mm-hmm. They realize that they that that call tells them that something is missing, and God had set eternity in the hearts of those. That are able to hear the word because all of us can't distinguish because we were blind, we were born blind from birth, just as blind Bartimaeus. Now, when I say blindness, I I mean with a lack of understanding, a lack of perception, a lack of the ability to perceive and have knowledge, the knowledge of God that. In the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. They may have wisdom of this world. They may have physical sight, but they're walking dead men. Yes, Lord. Yes. They don't have life because they don't have spirit. And the spirit is what gives it life. When man breathed the breath of life into man, that's when he became a living soul. But until then, we come from dust and we'll return to dust. So man doesn't have immortal life. Man doesn't have life inherent in himself. Regardless of what the other preacher's preaching, the soul that sinned, it shall die. There's a physical coming to being, coming into being, But those souls are under Satan, those preachers and those people that are in the church, those that are doing all this, that's of themselves. They're walking around in their own filthy rags because they have their own righteousness. They have a life and they carry on that life, but they're all dead. They're all dead. We're all dead in Adam. They, we all died in Adam. None of us have life. None of us have life. We're, we're walking dead and our days are numbered. To have life, Jesus Christ is the only giver of life. So there are those that are in the church. The reason I say we're all dead but when I was saying here is that we are all dead and when I say all I mean all of the people in the world now what God has did he had planted a spirit in his people and he called his people out now throughout the ages God chose Israel out of all the people in the world now he didn't give them the law he gave them the law he gave them his oracles he had chosen that people but they didn't have spiritual life. the The law couldn't bring man to life. It was weak through the flesh. All the law could do is is show you the guidelines to live a moral life. And a lot of people had their own morals, even ungodly societies, as they had as Abraham thought the Ishmaelites that. Uh, Abimelech and Pharaoh and them that the ungodly was there and they would kill the, kill him for his wife. But they had morals. God talked to them. So there was a certain appearing of God, the grace of God to all men. They were living under a common grace. Even from the beginning, Abel and Cain offered up sacrifices under God. Nowadays, we tend to one another. We love one another. We have families and homes and relatives and all of these things, but that doesn't necessarily lead to life. That's a physical love, that's not agape love, that's phileo. Whereas a man could marry a woman and love her for a while or she love him for a while and they fall out of love supposedly in divorce or whatever. Parents have love for their children, children have love for their parents, But sometimes that love wanes or changes or whatever. All of this is physical and it's a world operating in blindness, but it's condemned to death. It's operating in darkness. The whole world lieth in darkness and God brought light unto the world. God brought light unto the world. Just like when he spoke, the whole world was in darkness and it was void. Just like it was in darkness and void then, even with people after the creation, God recreated and made a creation of the world. But the people were in darkness and they still dwell in darkness. The whole world dwell in darkness. But God chose a people out to give his light to, to give his word to. And that was the oracles of God, a chosen people. His chosen representatives here on earth to be those that would show other nations how they, they should live and that these people didn't live the way God told them to live. And so their life returned to this void, this mire, this muck and clay because they didn't stand above, they didn't stand out from the rest of the nations. When they went into the promised land, the land that God had promised them, they started to live just like the rest of the people and so these are the ones god 's talking here in the fifty sixth chapter. This is how they had become. He said that they had become dumb dogs, that they were blind, all of his watch, but when he say all of his watch, he was talking about the religious and their political leaders, their whole family all of the people were dumb. Dogs blind, not able to warn one another. Why? Because of the cascade that they love darkness. They were operating just like the rest of the world. They were operating just like the rest of the world. He said, greedy dogs, that's the that's sign of covetousness, wanting more, living for things that the Ten Commandments forbid. Covetousness. Of their neighbor's wives, not honoring their parents, not worshiping the only true God. All of these things that lie there, there were no warnings going out to the people. They wasn't the prophet. They had prophets that come in. Now, when we say all, all is not inclusive of each and every individual because there was some good speckle about, just like in the church, so God was saying as a nation that this was their condition and that he was going to bring judgment upon them just as he brought judgment upon the world. You notice he judged the world because their thoughts and deeds were evil and everybody was continually wickeded and he destroyed the old world. So he took a group of people, he gave them his laws and gave them and set them apart. But they became just like the rest of that world in which they were in. They wasn't set apart for that world. From that world. They were poverty. They were in poverty. They were poverty stricken. Same thing for us as the church. Jesus Christ came. Mankind got in that condition again. Yes. Mankind found himself back in darkness. Plummeted back into darkness. We're groping in darkness. And he was given as a light unto the world. Jesus Christ was the light that cometh into the Gentiles. He was a light that would light all of the men in the world. But when I say all here and again, I'm not meaning includes of everybody. When I say all, I mean his chosen people. The ones that he choose in particular. The call out ones. So we see in the book of Revelations that he has churches. Seven churches in the book of Revelations. In that church in Philadelphia, we see all commendations. But the very next church, the Laodicean church, we see nothing but reprimands to that church. That church was typical of the church in this age in which we live in. The Laodiceans. The Laodiceans was just like... We read in the 56th chapter, in the 10th verse, the leaders of that church listened at what he said. That was our reading scripture. This is what he told that church. He says, I counsel thee to buy a thing, because you blind, wretched, and naked. They had rejected God. They thought they had need of nothing, but they were in a condition of fallenness. They assume, I don't know if y'all have read the book or heard of the book, the emperor has no clothes on. The emperor is naked. The world, the church has become naked. It has become blinded because the church has brought the world into it. The church has brought the world into the church. And Jesus says, he says, so because you are lukewarm, the church has become, he says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm, that is spiritually useless unto me. you like a dumb dog that won't bark. you like a dog that don't understand the command that I give to you. He used the terminology, the dog. Dog was something in that time and age was different from the dogs this day. But a dog was something that was vulgar. A dog was something that would turn around and eat its own vomit. That's why he used this analogy that he's about to spew them out of his mouth. You're revolting to me. You have no use. You're not like a hot cup of coffee. You don't invigorate me. You're not like a cold, cold drink or cold drink of water. I expected one or the other, but you warm. You like hot beer. There's nothing nastier than warm or hot beer. He said, "I vomit you out of my mouth. You disgust me. You reject me. That's what he's he's telling his prophets that. He's telling his people that his chosen people. He's telling his church that that that's you. laid laid down with dogs, and now you have fleas." You poor, wretched, and naked. He says, because you say I'm rich, and have prospered and grown wealth, and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable, poor and blind and naked, without hope, and have no nothing but great needs. You don't realize the people in the church today going the to church week in and week out, not realizing you're naked, you're blind and you're no good to God. God has said, why don't they just nail up the church doors and not enter in before me and alter up this on my altars and pray to me because I'm not listening at their prayers. I'm not hearing what they said. But God's people that are pleading to God and crying unto him, it was countless numbers came out to hear Jesus preach and to see the signs and wonders. And he hear Nicodemus, he hear Bartimaeus, he hear the people that has a sincere plea to him, asking, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me, have mercy upon me. And the people said, shut up, get back. The master don't have time for you. That's what they're saying to the oppressed nowadays. That's what they're saying to the poor, the spiritual ones that can't come into the houses of God the way a lot of other people do because they outclass, outclassed. They don't fit in. They're rejected. The money changers have taken over. Jesus stops and hears his call. He calls him to him. You know, God calls us to us. God calls us to himself if we would hear his call and come out from among the crowds, if we would come out from this world and be ye separate, he'll be a God unto us. We'll be his sons and daughters. But we have preachers out there that the Pharisees, and he constantly warns us, beware of the living of the Pharisees. And so now, there are those out there as Jesus preaches as the church goes forth doing his job. There are good preachers preaching and teaching God's word and people witnessing God's word but there's always that huckster. There's always that that person that tries to take advantage and exploit any situation in every situation in can. They was out there doing Jesus' days. That's why Thomas and a couple of the other sons of Thunder had said, Shall we call down fire from heaven on them? And Jesus said, You know not what should be. There's a lot of people out there preaching Jesus. I don't know what reason they're preaching it, but we can't judge a man's heart why he do what he do, why they're doing what they do. Do they have compassion? Do they have feelings? What, what type of person? Are they? I was dealing with a woman this week, and she was sort of like that. Uh, she said it wasn't the state or whatever, but her job drove her to have a, a, a differential feeling, and she was allowing herself to be put in a situation that she forgot about the weightier matters of the law. See, Jesus didn't embarrass Bartimaeus. He didn't ask him a whole lot of things, but he did ask him. He says, "What is it that you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus?" Yes. What is it that what what you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? We have to tell Jesus we have that. Him. We have to acknowledge our needs. We come to him pleading, you know, to, to open our eyes, to, to give us our daily bread. We plainly make prayer and supplication. That's why we have to be specific and tell him what we want. Jesus says, anything that you ask the Father in my name, that he will do for you. In prayer and supplication, we need to let our requests be known to God. And it says the fervent prayer of a righteous man yields much. So there are many prayer going on out there. But there are wheat and tares growing together so within the church... There are wheat and tares and people praying. And the ones that are getting prayer answered are getting an answer, a knowledge, a understanding. The ones that are being enlightened is the ones that he's opening up their blinded eyes. He's giving a new perspective. He's giving a new insight because he burst them again. That's the receiving of sight, the anointing. He says, come unto me and I'll anoint you with our side to give you the ability to see. The anointing is what breaks the yoke of bondage. The uh, anointing is what brings you out of darkness. That anointing gives you that zeal, that prayer. It causes you to plead to God. Without that prayer, without fervent prayer to God, we sometimes begin to be using prayer as a tool. Because you remember I said, Courtney, what is motivation? So we begin to ask God for things that we really don't need. Because at heart, still within, that uncircumcised heart. That's why I said there be many tares sown among the wheat. Amongst that uncircumcised heart, we start to ask for things to consume upon our own lust. We start to want to win the lottery. We start to want cars. We want money. We want wives. We want husbands. We want children. We want material things. We get our focus off God. And he says, first seek ye the kingdom of God, and these things will be added unto you. But now you're asking amiss. And to some people, he answers those prayers. But those answers to prayer is only condemnation. See, because there's two forces at work here. The master of the tares and the master of the wheat. And I told you, Satan is the god of this world. He can answer you. He can give you all kinds of riches. He meant it when he told Jesus, if you would bow down and worship me, all these kingdoms are mine. So a lot of people preach and teach for power, for wealth, for things. Because they're greedy, they never have enough. No matter how much money that church picks up, that's an old jet. He don't want that old jet. He needs a new jet. He's gonna take up another collection. And he don't want that old car, he wants a Mercedes, he wants a Bentley, he wants a Rolls Royce. Yes. The greedy man, the unsatisfied man is never satisfied, he always wants more. Those are the ones that serving mamma. Don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to have things. It's not wrong to be wealthy. But how did you get wealthy? What was your motivation? And that's what I was saying. It's not wrong to work in state jobs. It's not wrong to work in city jobs. We have a problem with the police department here now within these things. And it's not wrong or whatever, but that, due to the few good people in those departments, there's a problem there because of the tears, the, the bad ones, the bad apples. There's always those bad actors. So Satan realized this is a time of judgment. God's, God brings judicial blindness. That's what happened with the Pharisees. Because they thought they saw. He says, and and if you could see, you wouldn't have seen. But now that you say you see, your sin remained because you think you're holier than thou. It's a lot of people go to church and think they didn't made it. They think they better than the next person. You remember I said they don't allow some people to come in certain churches or the way they dressed up, that now I have authority over you and I belittle you and make means of you to ask you, menial things because I got that proud and hearty feeling. I think myself higher than I am. I look down on you. I ask you about things. And the way she was asking, this lady was asking questions or things or whatever, I think it was demeaning, you know. That's what we do to the more, the handicapped and those that are poor and poverty stricken or whatever. How do you do this? Just tell me how do you... Do you want a vulgar, vague idea, or do you know how I would go to the bathroom? Or you know how I would do these situations? Because when he told blind Bartimaeus to go to the pool and wash, he had put that mud and spittle on his eyes. It wasn't easy getting to that pool. Jericho was a very large city. And with mud on his eyes never having seen, he was born blind. Yes. So I don't know if someone helped him to the pool of Siloam to go and wash but he had to stumble he had to make his way there with his eyes in blind and see all of these years I've been working in this world stumbling around in darkness I've been stumbling around in blindness I've been making mistakes I've been depending on others to help me but I was thinking I was pulling myself up by my own bootstrap, that I had my strength and that it was my power. And that's something when you're physically strong and young and strapping and you think you can do it all, not knowing that it is God that gives you strength. It is God that gives you power. It is God that gives you ability to do anything that you do. But now, as I was telling you this morning about being careful when others are sick or weak, and I say, well, look, I need to, for you to push yourself and to do these things. While not being inconsiderate, I'm asking God to help me to say the things where I wouldn't seem unkind or mean, but I need to push you, and that's what preachers have to do, is push. But these preachers, these teachers wasn't pushing the people. They wasn't warning the people that you have to get away from this. That you have to deny yourself. And there was, they was talking of self-pleasure. They was talking of favoritism and self-ambition. They were building upon a foundation of Jesus Christ, but they were building with wood, hay, and stubble. And some of them was preaching Jesus, but they were going to lose their rewards. Now, I'm not saying they all will be lost, but Satan himself has been transformed and his ministers transformed themselves into angels of light. But we know that everybody out there preaching God's word, and that's what God had said, he says, but it'll come a day that every tree that my father had not planted will be hewn down at the roots. So, blind Bartimaeus, When he got healed, now it it wasn't the end of life. Life did change for him. You see, because now that he was able to see as a beggar, he wasn't going to be able to beg no more. He was going to have to work. He was going to have to toil with his hands or whatever. So God not only, Jesus not only gave him a physical blessing, but he gave him a spiritual blessing. We see where Jake blind Bartimaeus, Talking with the Pharisees and saying Whether this man is of God or not I know not But I know that he opened my eyes And I was born blind He did something miraculous here He says tell me who he is Because he hadn't saw Jesus Jesus sought him out a second time And found him And Jesus asked him a series of questions And he, Bartimaeus had asked the Pharisees, because they tried to deter him, and he says, "This man, Jesus." And they tried to deter him from Jesus. He says, uh, "I, I, I know the scriptures alluded." He says, "No man has ever opened the eyes of one born blind." He knew that it was something that only God could do. What would be open the eyes of one born blind? And like I said, I don't know if y'all considering all of the faculties and everything that would come into play about this man receiving his sight that was born blind. See, because with born blind having never seen anything, he wouldn't know of the colors and the trees and the things around him. He would have to learn to do a lot of things that an unsighted person would take for granted and would be able to do But now he has to learn all of these things. He has to learn coordination or whatever because he's no longer groping or whatever. So there's a lot that we have to learn when we come into the church, when we come into the word of God. That's why he says, if you continue in my word, then you, my disciples, see, but a lot of these people come into the church and then you can't tell them nothing. They know everything. But he says you have to study to show yourself approved. You have to study to show yourself to see more clearly. See, because the scriptures, you can't just take them at face value under your own righteousness. And that's why Paul says he wished himself a curse for his kindred's sake. Mm. In other words, there his kindred was laboring in darkness. And that's what I look at that none of my people were so connected to the church that they were of any good at this time for helping and standing behind and getting in the church and doing what God said. Now, everybody knows Jesus died for you. Yes. Everybody knows the responsibilities of the things of family. But that they, that's their own righteousness. That's the blind leading the blind. Yes. And that's the problem we have in the churches too many blind are leading the blind Jesus said if the blind lead the blind they shall all fall in the ditch yes. see because they lack understanding he says they cannot bark they, they slumber they they don't they're ignorant is that the word he used he says ignorant ignorant not knowing not understanding these people he counsel you remember I says hold come unto me buy eat drink without no money. See, it wasn't mamma of the material things it was. Now these things was to be sacrificed along the way. See that's that's the thing about it. The world is under misunderstanding. And we need to have understanding. And we need to ask God for understanding and knowledge. That's why I say your righteousness is as filthy rich. You need God's righteousness. It's all right feeding the needy. It's all right helping the handicapped. It's all right what this woman was doing. But I don't think that she would be a child of God. I think she would have a long ways to go. And I was, she said, you know, you're very rude. You're doing this and everything. Well, you know, your statements and everything and the friction, the reason you're offended is somewhere there's a different spirit here. So with that abrasion and I'm apologizing and talking a certain way. But she didn't realize, if, what is that doing? If your enemy offends a dude. That's heaping coal unto them, isn't it? Yes. Very so. Yes. It says these people are poor. But Jesus counsels them how to get right. How to see better. He says if your enemy hungry, you feed him. You pray for him. And I pray, and that's what I say. I pray consistently. Are you praying consistently, as Jesus Christ said, for you enemy, anyway, Those that despitefully use you and mistreat you. That's the way to become sighted. That's one way out of blindness. See, because that's Christ's way. He's anointing your eyes with eyesight. See, but the old way, eye uh, for eye, two for two, in the be You know, she was very obnoxious in what she was saying. Her language and her demeanor was very revolting as Jesus was talking about the church at Laodicea. But I withheld those things in because what he said, we should pray for those. We should come to God. So what do I do? Bible study night, prayer service night, when I pray and take her into the prayer class and bring that to God, because he's not the author of confusion. You know, uh, I, one doctor, he did something I didn't like. For and I, you have to stop telling people in the church. Hey, is it things that you don't tell your children or things that Jesus say he couldn't tell his disciples because they're not able to receive it? They wouldn't know how to react. They would act the wrong way. They would act, as I told you, the other people. Uh, James and John says, shall we call down lightning? They're ready to go to war. They, they're ready to become combative. And sometimes you have to let that devil stay there. You have to keep them because, you understand he said, you have to let the wheat and tear grow together. He's going to separate them. Sometimes you don't have to let everybody know how you feel about it. Jesus said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. They say Muhammad Ali fought Ken and Norton the rest of the fight that they were fighting, but they say he had broke his jaw. Yeah. Norton had broke his jaw, but he didn't allow him. Never let your enemy know he, he didn't wounded you. Never let him know. They were displaced in sea and led to sin. they had a uh, kakakos. Uh, I can't say it, the Greek word. But they had a medicinal compound that they say would help people's sight, that they would put on their eyes or whatever. But Jesus was saying, you don't come to the world and get things from the world. You don't buy things from the world. We must come to Jesus. As he says, anybody that's thirsty. any need you have, huh? any need you have, bring that need to Jesus. See, it wasn't wrong for Joram, To seek medical help But he didn't seek God first Whenever somebody Tell me something I say have you prayed to God About it first You know people be asking me About this doctor and that doctor I say well have you prayed to God To send you to the right doctor I can't just up and ask And send you to a doctor i tell you about a doctor Because what happens you get the wrong doctor Now you got to ask God Do you keep it because maybe God sent you to the wrong doctor for a purpose. See, God is in everything. That's what I say. There's those that are being blinded by Satan, and there are those that God puts through trial and tribulation and affliction. That's what he did, Job at in the Job, the forty-second chapter of the thirty-eighth chapter, and all through there, when God starts to talk to Job, we see where the affliction that Job had prepared him to, with the ability to see. He said, I thought I knew. I thought I knew God or whatever. But now I understand. Now I see. Have you always thought you knew something or whatever and someone comes along and illustrated and show it to you and what did you see? Now I see. I understand. You know, I've been doing this all the time. Now I see how to do it. Now I understand. It takes longer for comprehension to sit in. And that's what God's Word does. It gives us a comprehension of the things of the world. The things of God. It gives us not only earthly, but it gives us heavenly wisdom. You notice, but Bezalel and it was the other name, that God had given the Spirit to be skilled craftsmen. This came from God with understanding. But do you realize that Lucifer, all of his side of the family, there was artifices of brass and they had musical instruments in everything. So here were music and, and musicians that were, had the ability to play, but they were playing for Satan. They had a worldly understanding, and that's what Satan does. He takes us and blinds us with the things of this world. We're serving the things of this world, and those aren't the true riches because our souls are not satisfied. That's why wealthy people, and I read different articles and things that I'm reading on people who've won the lottery big. They've won big things, but they lack a spiritual happiness. As I keep quoting, the Bible says, money can't buy you love. It can buy you things or whatever, but at the end of the day, God designed man so only there's a void only he can feel, and that void has eternity in it. Something indeed must be parted with, but it is nothing of value, of valuable consideration. It is only to make room for receiving the true riches. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come back and you can inherit eternal life. You have to make room for God to come in. Amen. You have to empty your life. That You have to, to have clothing on. You have to pull off the clothing that you have on. This emperor, the, the, the tailor saw him invisible clothes. He thought... This was invisible fabric and nobody could see it. He had something nobody else had. And that's what the world wants, something nobody else has. But here it is, the things that we clothe ourselves with. The friends that you get and the relatives and people that come around you and set up when you have a lot of money or things. Those aren't true friends. A lot of people say, well, when I lost the money that I had won in the lottery, all of my friends and things, all of those people, they didn't come around anymore. It's like the product of son. When he had spent all he had, where all of those people that were around you when you had something were around you that, that you had bought those friends? Those weren't true friends, those true riches. That's why he says, watch the riches that can perish. They were blind. They could not see the, their state. They couldn't see the condition you're in. And when she was asking, she says, do you have times of sadness or times of depression in all of these things? And, and I wanted to answer that question. She said, well, you shut up. I'm not talking to you. I said, well, okay, well, let me leave the room. See, because I, I, I suffer with these things that other people might not suffer with them. You know, Noah, he suffered, you know. That's why after the flood, Noah got drunk, didn't he? Did you know Elijah fell with depression because he had killed, you remember they had slayed the 700-some prophets of Baal? And he ran from Jezebel. You know, Jeremiah, he got upset with God. He said, I'm not going to preach anymore. He said, you deceived me. You know, because a lot of times preaching the word you have to go it alone. That, you know, the, I, I hear from a lot of preachers about this Monday morning failure. There's a, a fault line because you've offended a lot of people what you said. You remember Jesus' disciples, everybody was leaving around him, and they said, this is a hard thing, you say. And they left him, and they never walked at him before. See, because to, to be a leader, you have to be able to walk alone a lot of times. Because you're going to step on people's feet. So preachers, that's one profession. If you read and study anybody that followed that, that's one pr- profession that suffer from a lot of depression. A lot of people get out of it or whatever. There's a lot of depression and loneliness and sadness in there. But that's why Paul and Jesus told people, when you're lonely and sad, sing psalms and hymns. Didn't he? He says, it's not good for a man to be alone. That's why he sends those things. But for her to act something like that, and I'm saying, well, look, I'll be alone. But but you can fool yourself and say, no, I ain't never alone. I'm never sad or well. Now, I don't have thoughts of wanting to kill myself. I don't have suicidal thoughts. But are, do you have times when you're really sad that your friend, you don't know, have friends? Or you, you do? And day and in, when you tell me you're sitting on the trees or the steps, it, it, it was old Blue's song sometimes you have to walk the back streets and, and cry. Yes, yes, there are those yes, times when people yes. fail to understand you just trying to do good and you keep getting slapped on the hand. You know. So there are different times that we need Jesus. That's that's what the world does to us. They couldn't seek Christ that Christ was right there. That's why he said, we look to him that is invisible. In our faith, that's our trust, that we know he's a friend when we're friendless. We know that even though they say, well, we can't pay tithes and offer, we can't do this. We know we can and that's the only way we can be blessed. We know the things that covers us. And so bad preaching, the second point is bad preaching. Satan realized this, and that's why he chose and that's why God says he will condemn sin in the flesh. Watch those that are hypocrites. Watch those preaching prosperity. they're the people that's why he said they're blind dogs because all they preach is smooth things, things people want to hear. but you know you have to preach that that they don't want to hear. you have to preach those things that's looking in the mirror that they may not can see. And I was telling you about the physical mirrors, the spiritual. In other words, when you look in a mirror, things are opposite from the way they see. But with God, the way up is down. With the world, the way up is up. But the way with God is down, God exalts exalt you when you abase yourself. You have to humble yourself, but if you be proud and in the world and high-minded, lifting yourself up, you in for a fall. Oh, yes. You in for a big fall yes. when you think that you could handle that. And you always, you know, don't you kind of stop saying something to people that every time you try to tell them something, yes. they bite your ear off, or they snap back, or they murmuring and complaining. You yes. stop trying to help them or stop doing. You don't stop to the point as Isaiah's of. Uh, Jeremiah said, well, no, I'll, I'm going to continue to pray for you, but I'm going to turn you over to Satan. See, because there are always those because the world, you remember I tell you you're groping in darkness? Mm-hmm. You always want to handle yourself, you know, you're always in control of yourself. And it's hard to turn over the remote control. It's hard to give somebody else the stirring wheel. And that's what you have to do when you're blind. You have to let other people lead you and guide you. Where well, we admit we're blind and acknowledge that we need Jesus. We need you to do everything. We need you to guide and lead us in every decision. Everything we do, we depend up upon you. But a lot of people, they don't like that. That's what Americans teach. To be independent and pull yourself up by your bootstrap. And we have a Christianity. We have a church. And that's the problem here. That they're blind and naked and don't realize. That groping around because of bad preaching. And that's what God's saying here. Your preachers, doesn't he say that? Listen at that. He said, They are shepherds that cannot understand. When your leader is blind, the ones that's following you will fall in the ditch also. How many evangelists they say have from the grace? What happens to those people that were following that evangelist? Don't they fall also? See, because you have to go back and be able to discern that which is right. You have to be a good berean. Didn't they say we could go back and study the scriptures to see that these things be so? See, because of preachers, some preachers will tell you anything. Some doctors, lawyers, in any profession, in anything, people will tell you anything, just what comes to their mind. But you have to check to be sure. That's why Jesus, when He healed the lepers, He said, "Go show yourself to the priest." In other words, let somebody verify. You shouldn't be scared of somebody verifying what you've done or your work. With the scriptures that I tell you, what I'm preaching or teaching, you need to check those things that you be fully persuaded in your own mind, so you won't get out there and say, "Well, the pastor said this, the pastor said that." No, the pastor might have tried to waken your consciousness on that. And if you believe that, that seed germinated and came from inside the seed of faith within you and it's growing and it's bringing forth fruit, uh, invisible fruit that's by faith, and that's the word of God. That's why I have to preach the word of God, not my opinion and not what I believe. So when you enter in that fight with your spouse or your children, whoever, you make sure you fully persuaded in your own mind and that you're ready to go to war for that. See, because what I'm preaching and teaching, I'm ready to go to war for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I have to learn from Jesus Christ how to go to war. Yes. How to fight this battle, because I'm not fighting a carnal battle. And when you follow when preachers, bad preaching and teaching, you might be physical. You might, because you think you're strong and you love to hit somebody. Well, now you don't have the physical strength. One of these days, you won't have the strength to do that. Then what you could going to do, bad boy? See, because the word of God is forever. That power and strength, that word, it's you depending upon God to fight your battles, not men. Listen at what Jude said. Jude said, for there are certain men crept and unaware who were before of old or ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. There are people out there, as Philippians said, preaching for money, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. They're living high and mighty, and people giving them every penny that they could muscle up to the church or whatever and beyond. And let me tell you this, you're supposed to pay your tithes and offerings. You're supposed to do these things. But you watch it. It's people that are getting in your pocket. It's people out there with sympathy, please. It's people out there that as Jesus said in the book of Amos, they're eating the hooves off of the sheep. They'll take every penny in your pocket. But you know why that happens? It's because you hadn't studied the Word of God. You hadn't lived for God. You hadn't been strengthened in the Word of God. So there are dead sheep out there. There are people out there that's broken without why? Maybe those are the disobedient ones, and we pray for those or whatever, but that wolf got hold to sheep's clothing from somewhere, from some sheep. He had to take that hide off some sheep, didn't he? Yes. Yes. Those are the ones under the altar crying, how long, Lord, before you avenge me? Believe me, there are women and men out there use you and misuse you and- scripture and say if you was a Christian you'd do this and you was a Christian you'd do that. Well preach that on or whatever. But if you reject what somebody tell you, now that's the danger. That's what how you become blind. Rejecting the word of God. Rejecting what people tell you that God had given you to speak. So before you reject what someone tells you, you should Bring every thought into the captivity and obedience of the word of God because that's how Josiah died, wasn't it? Yes. Because it was an evil king. Pharaoh Necho said, Josiah, don't intervene into this because God had sent me to do this. Yes, Josiah, the most righteous king that ever was, intervened into that, and Pharaoh Necho killed him. Sometimes we have to realize that God sends such a strong delusion that He'll have you believing a lie. Isn't that what He said in 2 Thessalonians? He says the coming of the Antichrist, He's going to come with such great wonders, signs and false miracles and things and by unlimited seduction and evil, He'll be able to deceive those that love darkness rather than light and that believe the lie. He'll have you And he's going to choose what delusion that he sends unto you. That's because you don't have a proper perception or perspective. You're not looking at it from God's point of view. See, it's a lot of things you can see, and eyewitnesses' testimony is very unreliable sometimes because from what perspective did you see happen what happened? That's why it's very dangerous to judge people and say, get the beam out of your own eye. Well, to get the beam out of your eye, you have to put on Christ Jesus. And that requires being in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, not forsaking the assembling together yourself. And then God gives you the discerning of spirit. But it's through His Word that He does this. He gives sight That we perceive things as God revealed unto him. That's why I say we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So sometimes you have to have that ability to be able to tell people no. You have to be able to see through what's going on. There are family members. There are people on jobs. There are different things you have to perceive and that perception only comes when you're working in conjunction under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why I say you have to be led by the Spirit. So in the anointing of your eyes, you remember I said anoint your eyes with our sight. He gives us the ability to see things from his perspective. Every time we lose, it's not necessarily because it's a loss. It's because that's how God chose to fight the battle. You remember, by the determinate counsel of God, he chose wicked men to murder his son and hang him up on a cross. But in dying and in death, Jesus Christ won the battle over Satan because God resurrected him to eternal life. So that's where turning the other cheek comes in. He said you have to learn to deny yourself, die to self, pick up your cross, and follow after me. Sometimes you might have to walk away from that ball game that's on. Sometimes you might have to walk away from that good-looking meal you're about to eat. Sometimes you might have to leave that relationship with that person alone. Sometimes when you attempt to do good, evil is right there. Self is going to be telling you to do these things. But self is your worst enemy, so you have to learn to deny yourself. That's the only way you can buy salvation. That's the only way you can buy sight. When it said, come and get it for free. It's not free in the aspect of, you know, we love something free. We don't have to make a sacrifice. Well, God's grace is free, but it came at the, what, the cost of his son's life. So what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to present our body as a living sacrifice. Sometimes we may like, look like a fool. Sometimes people say, well, you're giving your money to that church, or you're doing this, or you're doing that. Are you're spending your time. You can't worry about what people say. You have to have the God connection. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what it's going to cost you. The spiritual anointing of our eyes come from living by every word. And that's in practicality. Living by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So that may mean instead of rushing out of here when we get out of here, it may mean stopping and talking with someone. <coughs> because it may be the only time they have to associate with somebody. You know, in a lot of churches and things, people come for the fellowship because of being at home and the loneliness and the different things. I used to ask Sister Harris, I said, "But well, you rushing out of here, you just go get home and sit there by yourself in the darkness or something by yourself right I say but you know sometimes you know why don't you know did you ever see the in the old time people would stand up after church talking to one another and getting to know one another but you rushing home and sit there by yourself and it's not good to be alone but you don't know anything about the people in your church and I keep telling you about tests and study because like I said The physical mirrors spirit also. They say social interaction is better for people and it wards off dementia and other things. So when you join groups and you have social interaction instead of just being by yourself, antisocial or whatever, it helps your brain. It helps your mind. I always go to my dentist. I mean my eye doctor and I ask her, what can I do to help improve my physical sight. And I say, well, you're going to write me a prescription say, I could write you one, but it's going to be the same one that I wrote you three years ago. Because your eyesight is not getting any worse. It's a little bit better. But you know what? Along the way, she's told me some different things, and I've read and said it, and she gave me different instructions as to what helps improve your physical eyesight. Anybody ever tell you about cooked tomatoes? It's good for your eyesight of certain carrots or or reading with certain lights on, uh, operating computer. There's so much. I I can't go over it here. It's just like with Scripture. There's so much in the Word of God. It's like the Sabbath day. That's why I say if you spend time in God's Word, spend that Sabbath with God, He's going to help you to see better. He's going to enlighten you, and that's adding all of these other things to you. Long life and strength and health and all that because a lot of people, do you go to the or do you go to the dentist? See, because I go to the dentist, i got two different insurances, so I get my teeth cleaned four or five times a year. But did you know the American Medical Association and the Heart Association published a couple of weeks ago, that that's the best way to avoid a lot of strokes and heart conditions because with clean teeth, the bacteria and stuff that's under your gums that in food that's in your mouth or whatever, that gets in your bloodstream, in your heartstream or whatever. And they found out that people that brush and have their teeth clean more often, Have less strokes and heart disease but all of these things which we can't talk but the church was the first place for hygiene and for long life because that was one of the reasons for the laws of the unclean and clean foods and I don't need to go into that right now but the Word of God instructs you and this is the instruction manual for long life As a matter of fact, it's the instruction manual for eternal life. That's why he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and without me, you have no life. So without him, if he's the light of the world, you could dwell in darkness without him. And if we come unto him, we will be lights of the world. He was taken out of the world so that we would bring light in the world. And that's how Israel was rejected. Because they didn't do their job, they didn't bring the light to the world. That if we light bring us, God's gonna com- continually supply oil for our lamps. But if you read in Revelation, if we don't do what He's requiring us, He's gonna remove our light from our life state lamp station. He's gonna remove that light if we're not that source. Israel wasn't that source. That's why He taken away from them And given it unto the Gentiles We have to have Good counsel by Christ Is to follow after him To deny ourselves To take up our cross And follow after him And every day come to him As that blind beggar highly Lord Jesus give me sight Help open up my understanding That's why in our prayer When he says pray Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debt. In all of that prayer, it's things to help enlighten you. And I think Buddhism, what a Buddha is, it is to come to enlightenment. In every religion, there's a faucet or way. But Jesus Christ says, He's the only way, He's the truth, and He's the light. So if you want light in your life, if you want to be able to see, if you want him to anoint your eyes with our side, cry unto him, plead unto him. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, Lord.